Welcome in to the Golf Club, great golf podcast on the ESPN Chicago app, brought to you by Tito's Handmade Vodka. And it is my pleasure to welcome in from the New York Post, Mark Canizero, who wrote an unbelievable book. If you are a golf fan and if you love the Masters, you must read Seven Days in Augusta, behind the scenes at the Masters. Mark, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing well. So are you already there? Are you in Augusta? I am indeed. I'm uh, standing at the uh, on the back terrace of the press room, looking at the uh, practice range, and which is very, very crowded right now, uh, with guys kind of getting getting their preparation going for for this week. So it should should be should be tremendous. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to an April Masters, which was because it was a very strange to have a November Masters just five months ago. Right, and uh, you know, Mark, I was I was going through your book, which is a great read, uh, Seven Days in Augusta, and. Um, I, you know, I thought so, so many things were interesting, uh, just because like the masters to me is just the coolest tournament. Like just, it's, so, it's behind the scenes. Everything about it is great. Um, you know, you talked about you're covering your first four masters were all fable. Uh, let's see into, was it the Norman choke or no, what was the second one? It was, Oh, no, was, you had all of fable into, uh, into Crenshaw into, when Harvey Penick passed by that week. And right. then. And then, you know, Norman and Faldo, and then Tiger in 97. Those are my first four, which were pretty mystical and magical. Uh, I have to ask you, though, about the book. Like, um, how long did it take to compile all the information that went into writing this book? Well, fortunately for me, you know, this is, uh, I've been covering the Masters every year since 1994. uh, And so I have so much of a catalog of information already you know and 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 many interviews that i had done in the past and whatnot and then what i kind of did was i combined that with a lot of new interviews you know i mean i did a chapter on, on guys first impressions of augusta which were, was pretty fascinating we're hearing some of these iconic names in the game these players and you know what what you know what it looked like to them for the first time so things like that so i did a lot of you know newer reporting but i i also had a good catalog of information from all the tournaments I covered, you know, so a lot of it was a, some recollections of some of the craziest and most amazing things I've seen here. Um, and I also did a bunch of interviews for some of the other chapters, like uh, you know, I did a you know, I did a chapter on the town here, and you know, just kind of what this, you know, what this tournament does to the city, how it just transforms it, you know, for that one week every year. Uh, a colleague of mine who used to work at the Augusta Chronicle said it's the second Christmas in Augusta. Augusta has two Christmases. Um, I also, I, to, to honestly, one of my favorite chapters in the book, frankly, was actually I did a I did a chapter on the Augusta Chronicle and and how it is right. really kind of the Bible of the Masters. And uh, uh, my couple of colleagues who were actually here with me, uh, you know, we were just talking yesterday, uh, just some of the incredibly great anecdotes they had about you know what they're asked to do and and and, and the you know the, the volume of work that they've put in over the years. Uh, just some really fun stuff. But that, you know, I guess pr- probably because I'm a journalist, that was that was really one of my favorite chapters, just because I love the anecdotes and uh, you know, and and, uh, and the subjects. Obviously, I know very well. You know, um, when you read Seven Days in Augusta, you just you just again, you fall in love with Augusta all over again because there are so many things that I didn't even know about, and I I love it. You know, and and you know, you just you think about like. Tiger, which is, uh, that's the Tiger picture on the cover is from his first win, right? Uh, yes, okay. yes. But, you know, Tiger's most recent win, and, you know, I, I've watched that video, that six-minute video of him walking off after he made the putt, hugging his hugging his son, hugging his daughter, hugging his mom, his girlfriend, and then 
walking up, you know, with all the fans cheering and him just, you could see the elation that he probably thought he'd never win again. I mean, just how important it was to him to win the fifth green jacket. But, um, like, to me, like, what was the most special part of it, Mark? I know you brought up the fact of, you know, writing about the Augusta Chronicle, but, like, is it just the allure of the Masters, of just, like, how, you know, how many people want to be there every year? Yeah, well, you know what, you know, honestly, it is, uh, have you have you been here before or no? You know, Mark, I, I've been to Pebble, I've been to so many great golf courses, I've never been to Augusta yet, no. So, the, the, you're, you're the classic example of why I wrote the book, because... This is the most this is the most difficult ticket in sports, in my opinion. I mean, I've covered I've covered every sport there is just about out there. Uh, World Cup, soccer, Super Bowls, World Series, and you can you can get a ticket to any of those things if you really. This is literally the, the most difficult ticket to to acquire uh, in in any sporting event there is. Certainly, the most expensive. Uh, if you even have the means, so um, and it's also the most exclusive and difficult golf course to get onto. You know, I mean, you, you can't just you know can't just book a Saturday morning tea time at at you know nine ten with you for your with your boys. You know, and you and you can't even just come here as a guest unless you're on you know unless you're you know accompanied accompanied by a member. So it's it's this is as, as exclusive as it gets and most of it. So I felt like you know. I wanted to try to take the reader into the, what this place is, what it looks like, what it what it is, what it's about, what the tournament is, and uh, you know that was my goal because because most people to most people you know the Masters is kind of like this mystical the Masters and Augusta National the golf course itself are kind of these mystical things that these incredible cool things they see on TV. And frankly, I mean, I'm standing here right now. It is it's it's not a cloud in the sky right now, and it almost looks fake. It literally looks like a postcard. Like as I'm standing here, you know, and I'm just like I'm I'm at the back of the driving range. I'm not even like on the golf course. The media center is at the back of the driving range. But it's that it's just that incredible. And uh, so I tried to you know I try to bring the reader to that as best I could without having to spend two thousand dollars for one day and then have a pass to on a Thursday after you know Thursday afternoon round. Uh, so that was kind of the goal, and uh, and you know the fact that there's people like yourselves who are in the golf business, so to speak, and you know in the media even, and you have not been here, you know that just shows you how difficult it is, you know, to to, to get here. And and I don't for one second take for granted how lucky I've been to be covering this thing for now twenty twenty seven years, um, and uh, you know it's it's become kind of like a, you know it, it's an it's a, it's a yearly part of my professional life. Uh, you know, and uh, and and one of my favorite weeks of the, of the year, without question, if not the. So uh, you know, I don't take that for granted at all. And I, and again, I tried to convey that in the book to the readers, and and really that was you know, I try to. There's so many things you can write about, and there's so many historical things. And, and listen, I didn't go back to the you know to the Arnie days and the Jack days, you know, very heavily because I didn't cover those. I didn't right. see those with my own eyes. So I try to write what I've seen in my 25. You know, at that time it was 25 years, 26. You know, going on 26 years of Masters. Uh, we're visiting with Mark Kanazarov, who uh, works for the New York Post, but wrote a great book. Uh, you can get it through Triumph Books. And uh, Mark, can you get it anywhere right now? Seven days in Augusta. Is it available where any bookstore? Yeah, you can get it. You can, you can certainly. I, I always like to recommend trying to look. You know, go to your local bookstore because that's mm-hmm. we, we prefer to support, obviously. Right. But certainly, certainly on Amazon, you can get it online easily. Triumph, you know, Triumph Books, which is right in your backyard there yep. in Chicago, yep. uh, is, is is the publisher, and uh, um, and it's absolutely. And what's happened too. 
is it's it's also come out. I, I did a I did a kind of an addendum version of it, uh, um, adding to the, the the book originally came out in the spring before of last year, just a, literally a year ago now. And uh, of course, there was no masters in April, and we had a masters in November, of course. So uh, I wrote a. Uh, it came. It's, it's just come out in paperback um, with an added chapter about the November masters. You know, this past five right. months ago. So, so there's actually some fresh stuff in there um, in the paperback, um, which of course, as we all know, is a couple extra bucks less uh, <laughs> than the hardcover. Yes. So, um, yeah, it looks great. So you know, I mean, it's it, it's. Uh, um, so yeah, it's out there. You can, you can find it. Easily. Uh, you know, one of my favorite stories in the book was there's actually a couple of different things I found very interesting. Uh, the Phil, the Phil story with Tom Brady is awesome. Um, like that just doesn't happen at most golf courses where Phil, I don't, I didn't realize he was that close to Tom Brady. He, him and Tom Brady go to play Augusta, correct? And then Tom yeah. Brady's going to go throw Julian Edelman the following week. So he has Phil to catch passes at 7 a.m. in the morning. Phil's running routes for, with Tom Brady and, you know, hoping that he doesn't screw up his fingers. Um, which is obviously what he needs the most. Um, that 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 story is awesome, and, I, and it leads me a question, Mark: Is that like can any any PGA golfer just show up and play? Do you have to call in advance, or is it only ma- former Masters winners who get that that perk? Well, well, first of all, uh, with regard to the Phil Brady thing, that literally was the, my favorite anecdote of the entire book. Mm-hmm. I, I, if I could have used that anecdote six times in the book, yeah. I would have. You know, uh, I, that was I, I and, and that was uh, and just as a quick aside to that, uh, when I, I sat down for about an hour with Phil to do, do this interview because Phil wrote the forward to the book right. for me as well, yeah. which was really really cool. And uh, so I had I was I, I had interviewed Phil uh, at a Players Championship the previous year, uh, and uh, so we sat for about forty five minutes, almost an hour, uh, at his hotel. And you know he was gave me some great anecdotes that are that are sprinkled throughout the book, and then we so we literally had we're just about to get up and leave, and, and he goes, wait a minute, he goes, wait a minute, you know I just thought of this really cool anecdote. Do, 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 he says to me, do you have a couple more minutes? I have this really cool story, and I'm like, of course I have a couple minutes. Right. I mean, you know, you're the one who giving me the time, you know. So he goes, so that so then he riffs into that that Brady story, and I'm just like, I mean that was gold, you yes. know, in the, in the in the Jerry Seinfeld, it was pure gold, Jerry, uh, you know, so. That was my favorite anecdote of the books, uh, and and uh, but anyway, jumping back to your second question, um, no, you can't you can't just turn up here with your PGA card, you know, and say, hey, um, you know, Sepp Straka or whoever, you know, just you know, name your name your guy, right. uh, and, and say, hey, I, I want to, you know, I want to get out and play, and you know, bring my dad out. Is that okay? No, you have to set it up. You know, you have to kind of set it up with a membership in advance. Uh, I'm sure that they're. I don't really know the actual ins and outs of it, but I'm sure that they're pretty, pretty good about it. Um, certainly, the bigger name you are, you know, it's easier for you to saunter in here. Um, and uh, and and to, and to the other part of that is yes, if you are a past champion, then you are you're essentially a member. You can come here. You can bring guests, um, and uh, so yeah, you're a lifetime member of the golf club if you if you're if you're a past champion. So. Yeah, it's it's, uh, but you, you can't just you know you can't just show up and say hey you know I got I got three of my boys out here we're gonna go out of ten can we right. uh, can we right. clear the decks on the first right. tee please yeah. you know uh, a few more minutes with Mark Canizero from the New York Post uh, brought to you by Tito's Handmade Vodka Mark um, I've covered many golf tournaments when I worked back in the day with uh, 101 Sports and Sporting News Radio um and i always thought that the accommodations for the media were great i mean geez you you know they meals at any time you want and 
you had water, pop, food, anytime you want. Um, but your your little uh, chapter on the media, how it's how like how nice it is. Did I hear you? Did I read that correctly? That there's there's a locker room now for for the media, and they oh, have yeah. showers. It's it is literally it's it's an embarrassment of riches. I almost am almost uncomfortable talking about it because I don't think we really. You know, it warrants all of this for us knuckleheads. But uh-huh. uh, speaking speaking for myself, uh, uh, but because I'm uh, to be honest with you, I'm always I'm I am a person as a sports writer that I don't need somebody to feed me. I can bring my own sandwich or lunch or dinner or whatever to a tournament. I bring stuff to a stadium press box, things like that, whatever. You know, I can go out and buy my own stuff. And you know, but but that's you know that that's the way it is. And and this, I mean, I, it's hard for me to describe because I'm standing right here outside this structure right now. Um, I mean, it's one of the most beautiful. It, it's not even, that's not one of it's the most beautiful press facility I've, there I've ever seen in any sport. I mean, it's an amphitheater, beautifully appointed wood. You know, I have my own seat and spot with a with a nameplate. You know, that is it just. This is this is this building's used once one day. I mean, one week a year. That's it. And and I mean, it's, I, I don't even know what the cost was. It's in the, you know, you know, hefty millions and millions of dollars. Uh, and yes, they have a they've got a lounge in there where you know you've got you know you can you can order something off a menu for you know to eat or you can they have stuff out. Uh, it's a little bit different during COVID now, but, you know, in November right. of this year where you can't, we can't actually sit in there. You have to kind of make an order and go pick it up and bring it to your seat. But, uh, but yes, and there are locker rooms. You literally, I like, I, I, to be honest with you, I have a locker with my nameplate on it downstairs. I've never once put anything in it. Right. <laughs> I'm still kind of like, you know, I mean, it just, you know, I mean, I don't really need to change. I'm, you know, right. unless it pours rain out or something like that. But, but yeah, we, everybody has his or her own locker in the locker room. And it really is, it's, 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 uh, it's pretty amazing. I mean, I would say it's almost humorous. It's so, because it's such an embarrassment of riches. All right, Mark, let's get to the, the nuts and bolts for this week. Um, the favorite is uh, Dustin Johnson. Most books have Dustin Johnson. The favorite, Jordan Spieth, now is like the second favorite, which is crazy. A couple months ago, he was 60-1. to one. Um, But there's so many storylines. John Rahm just had a baby, so he'll be there. No, he'll be focused, now, ready to go, and everyone thinks he's got the game to win at Augusta. Roy McIlroy struggling. Justin Thomas won the players, and they're saying he feels like he's, this is his year for Augusta. Who, who does Mark Cannizzaro think is going to win this, this week? Boy, I tell you, I don't really have a a, a a slam dunk. This is the guy thing, but I've, I've leading into this week, I really kind of felt like Justin Thomas after after what I the way I saw him play at the Players Championship. Um, I, I'm always somebody that, that feels like the guys that are hot going into tournaments um, are, are in good you know in good form. Are guys you look to? Um, it's much much more rare when some guy just comes out of the blue and has not been in good form. Um, so I've always felt Justin Thomas. I've always felt in the last month and a half, couple, couple, few months really, that that Jordan has really been coming on. I mean, he had not won until yesterday on Sunday, but he his his game was clearly you could just see he had the kind of the, the you know the little bit of a bounce in his step and the, the look in his eye and the and the swag a little bit, uh, the swagger uh, seemed to be kind of returning and. Uh, you know, I didn't see all the tournament yesterday because I was here on site uh, doing some work. Um, but I did, you know, when I did look up at the TV screen uh, here in the press room, uh, you know, he just looked so calm and confident. Uh, it wasn't look like he didn't certainly didn't look like a guy that was hanging up to your life in the final round. 
to stab off Charlie Hoffman yesterday. So, you know, and he talked, I know, after the round about how, you know, how he just played freely and, and was, was comfortable and, and, uh, and uh, so, and it certainly showed. So, I, you know, I like JT. I like Justin. Um, I don't know. It's, it's pretty hard to repeat around here. Nobody's done it. Uh, it it's, uh, it's been a while since it's been done. Um, so I, I'm not so sure about Dustin Johnson. Um, Rom, you know, maybe he's a little distracted or tired from, from <laughs> his, you know, right. his wife's childbirth, yeah. or maybe it's, maybe it just frees him up. You know, maybe he's, you know, that, that could be interesting too. You know, Rory is a fascinating, you know, this would be, I believe this is the seventh go round now for Rory to try to complete the, the career grand slam. And there's, it seems to be less talk about it every year, the, the further he, you know, further he goes about winning a Masters. And I know I was out here yesterday, and he was grinding into the late, late afternoon by himself, chip, you know, in, in a chipping range, uh, in the chipping area, I should say, here. And um, another interesting thing to watch here, too, uh, is, you know, I was out on the golf course yesterday, and Brooks Kepka, who a few days ago there were reports that he wasn't going to be back for six to eight months after having knee surgery on March 16th, Brooks was out there playing a four-hole loop with his caddy, um, and uh, myself and a couple of other reporters spoke to him afterwards, and he sounded very, very confident in in in, in how physically good he was. He was feeling uh, just literally three weeks off of knee surgery um, to reattach a, t- a tendon from a from a uh, dislocated kneecap uh, that he that he suffered on a slip. So I don't know that I expect him to win, but I think it's fascinating that this guy is going to be here competing this week. I actually asked him. I said, "How do you feel about your form? You know, at, you know, having had the injury and." Now you haven't played. You had, to, you had to withdraw from the Players Championship, and he he really kind of to me channeled his inner Tiger Woods a little bit. He said, "I would not have come here if I thought I was going to finish second. Mm. <laughs> so okay, wow. there you go. Uh, so yeah, so that's. I mean, I don't know that I'm ready to make an actual standout pick for you, to be honest with you. Uh, but I think Spieth would be an amazing story. It would be really cool uh, to see him really come all the way back. And he always plays well here, even when he's not in form. Right. He plays well at Augusta, much like Phil always, you know, when he drives down Magnolia Lane, um, it just, you know, he just has that kind of, it it just, he feels it in his psyche and his body. Seven Days in Augusta, great book written by Mark Canizero from the New York Post. Mark, thanks for joining us here on the Golf Club. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Enjoy watching it.